Being in business is stressful when you're wearing all the hats and trying to figure out everything on your own. Does having someone to guide you and having access to your own team of designers, content creators and web support sound too good to be true? What if I told you it's available to you right now? Join me at samanthariley.global forward slash collective to join the Experts Collective and get the strategy and support you need to take your business to six figures this year. That's samanthariley.global forward slash collective. I'll see you there. We work so hard to get someone's email, to get someone to hit that subscribe button, to get someone to commit to us and our brand, to just listen to what we have to say. We're not even asking for money. Just, just hit subscribe and just listen to what I have to say for free. And we work so hard to do that. Once we do that, we have to treat that like gold. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the show, Adam. It's great to have you joining me today. Samantha Riley, I'm so excited. We have been hanging out on Clubhouse a little bit, and now we get to have a full-on collaboration experience. So I'm fired up about this. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Like I was just saying before we hit record, we're on the mod squad for the Next Level Influence Clubhouse room. A uh, bit of a plug here, 3 p.m. Pacific or 8 a.m. That's 3 p.m. Pacific Monday or 8 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time Tuesday. There we go. I got it. <laughs> That's impressive. That's an impressive conversion. Like some people in the Midwest where I live struggle, like what time is central time versus East Coast? I'm like, it's one hour. That's not very hard. Uh, so that, that was impressive. That was impressive. Gosh, even I know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're in Australia, you have to know the conversions to everywhere else in the world because no one is near our time zone. New Zealand's a little bit close, but that's about it. But yeah, we actually get to see each other and chat today. So I'm super looking forward to it. Before we jump into today's topic, why don't you share a little bit about what it is that you do, the clients that you work with, and I guess I'd love to know a little bit about how you got to be where you are doing what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. My name is Adam Shibley, and I am a full-time podcaster. I am a full-on podcast addict. I have three shows, and I started my first show in 2016 called The Million Pound Mission. It was a weight loss show. The Get ready for this spiel. I got on a lot of shows with this spiel here. I'm getting ready to dish out to you. So the pitch for The Million Pound Mission is back in 2009, I weighed 327 pounds. I went on my own journey to lose 100 pounds. Then I started a business in my hometown of Bloomington, Indiana. And over the next five years, I helped my hometown lose 35,000 pounds, which I'm not sure how many kilograms that is, but it's a lot. And then I started the show, The Million Pound Mission, to create a larger impact, and that we did. And we tracked, you know, the weight loss of the audience and, you know, lots of before and after testimonials. And I just, I fell in love with the podcasting medium, and I realized I would get emails from people from the UK that are like, I've been listening to you for a year now, and I've lost 70 pounds. And I was like, wow. Oh, that's so cool. I've never interacted with them. They're just listening to what I have to say. That's incredible. So I really became passionate about podcasting in 2019. At the end of 2019, I went full-time. I sold my gym. I sold my business, the whole thing. I've got two shows about podcasting. One is called Podcasting Business School, which is kind of my main hub right now. And then I've got another show, Let's Talk About Your Podcast, which is about podcast launch tips. And like that's kind of my business model is I help podcasters, my my line now is I hope podcasters love their show like a hobby, but build it like a business because I feel like we can have both. And that's sort of my mission in life is we can have this podcast side hustle hobby thing and really, really enjoy it. But it can be a legit business. But we have to treat it like a business, as you all know. And that kind of brings us to the present day where I'm in my pod bunker in my basement and I talk to cool people all day, Monday through Thursday. And I don't work Friday through Sunday and, you know, full-time dad in the, the evenings, mornings and weekends. <laughs> love it. Love it. I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but 
you didn't just fall into podcasting. Your voice dragged you into podcasting. I could listen to you all day, every day. I'm a bit jealous that you've been blessed with the podcast voice. It's interesting because I knew early on I had like a deeper, bigger voice. I'll give you a couple quick examples. One is in when I was like 13, you know, back in the day when you, we had the telephones on the walls, I would answer the telephone and people would think it was my dad and I'm 13 and my dad's even bigger than me. He's like six foot seven. Wow. He's a giant of a man. He's a pharmacist. Uh-huh. So people would try to give me their prescription orders for, because they would think that I was my dad for like, they're trying to order like Viagra from a 13 year old. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is his son. And they're like, no, quit messing around. They didn't believe me. So that's one story. Then in seventh grade choir, my voice was so different from everyone else's that when we did our performances, they wouldn't let me sing because it would sound too weird. Really? So they're like, you have to lip sync (laughs) because it's just so off. Wow. So yeah, I was lip syncing, but yeah, I've got the big voice and I'm not afraid to use it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. This episode is made possible by Your Podcast Concierge. Editing your podcast can be time-consuming. Your Podcast Concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. So we are going to be talking about podcasting today and specifically podcast growth. We've covered how to start a podcast and why you should podcast on episodes before, but I really want to talk about podcast growth today because something you mentioned in your story was that podcasting gives us the opportunity to create such a huge impact. And, you know, it's, it's funny that you talked about the person from the UK. I had a similar email just this week from someone that says, you know, I binge listen your episodes every week and I've been listening for hundreds of episodes. And I thought, you know what? I don't even know who this person is. Like, obviously I do now because he's reached out, which I was super grateful for. But, you know, every now and again, you get surprised to think, I actually have no idea unless people reach out how many people we're actually impacting. So let's talk about growth because, you know, there's all sorts of crazy things happening in the world. We want to create a positive impact. We're here to make a difference. One of the things you and I were talking about before we hit record was like the cadence of releasing episodes. So I'd love you to share your ideas around, you know, how often should we release an episode and why? Yeah. Well, I'd even like to go one level higher before we even dive into that. Let's do that. Let's do that. And just talk about growth because there is you'll hear podcasters and you'll hear podcast coaches a lot of times say this, the downloads don't matter. And I say, excuse me, they do matter, but it's the people that are on the other end of the download. What we shouldn't be doing is chasing download numbers for download numbers. Like I want to get 10,000 downloads per episode and we don't care where they come from or who they are or like you should want to maximize your exposure to the ideal listener and find as many of those people as possible. So in those terms, to me, downloads are everything because on social media, I'm fishing in the right fishing spots to, to attract the right potential listener slash eventual maybe client. And if you're trying to build a business around your show, do not chase downloads just to say, I've got hundred thousand downloads. And if you are doing $0 per download and no one is ever interacting with you, you're getting zero engagement. Those are pointless. Those downloads are pointless. But if you have a thousand true fans and they listen to every episode and a certain percentage of those are in your membership, they're buying your online courses, they're hiring you for, to be a coach. They're spreading the word. Those downloads mean everything. So I just like to put that out there to talk about what types of downloads that we're growing towards. Does that make sense? Totally. And I really like that you said that. Thanks for pulling me back there because I've had people when they're starting their podcast before saying, oh, you know, you know, they're early in their journey. I've only got 50 downloads per episode. And I'm like, what I want you to imagine right now is that you were standing in your kitchen and those 50 people were standing there with you. 
and you were interacting with them face to face. You know, how would you feel if 50 people were in your kitchen? Is that, you know, not really making a difference or is that huge? And they're like, oh my God, that's huge. Like that would be like, you know, cram-packed in my kitchen and I would love to have 50 people in front of me. So I think that it's always been helpful and I think it's always helpful to remember that every single one of those downloads is a person. You know, they've got a face, they've got feelings, they're listening for a reason and that you're speaking directly to them. Yeah, and to quote a few stats from my main man from Lipson, Rob Walsh, these stats, I love to share these whenever I get a chance. So if you, you know, humor me here, I'll, I'll share them because this always blows podcasters' minds. Uh-huh. The first stat is if your show does right around, it's, you know, usually it's updated monthly, but it's right around 125 downloads after 30 days of being released. So if you and I record this episode now, it goes out 30 days from being released. If it does 125 downloads, you're in the top 50% of all podcasts that exist. Wow. I did not know that. Top 50%. So many people are like, Yeah, because we beat ourselves up about it because we see all of our pod heroes that are doing millions of downloads, supposedly many lie. (laughs) (laughs) And no, hang on. No, really? (laughs) Uh, There's some fibbers out there, but it's like it's lying about podcast downloads. First of all, is not good for anybody or the industry itself, because that's we talk about pod fading. People beat themselves up and like, but I'm only doing 12 and you know, six of them are me on my different devices in my house, you know, and like I went to the, the Apple store and I subscribed myself to every iPhone in the stock shelf. So, uh, you know, that's one of my pod pal jokes. So <laughs> the 50% mark, 125 downloads, that's achievable. That's very achievable. So if you're doing 50 in your feelings about it, we're actually, you know, almost halfway there. Yeah. And then the next benchmark that I like to get people to is crossing 500 downloads per episode. That 500 to 1,000 is when I start to see people being able to monetize a little more effectively, especially if they have things like more of a volume sale play, like a membership. If you have 50 downloads per episode, it's going to be hard to sell your $29 membership and really do anything. You know, you'll get some people to sign up, but not enough to sustain you know, your expenses and things like that. But you get 500 to 1,000 downloads per episode that's a sweet spot to where we can start looking at some nice monetization options. And when we hit a thousand, that puts us in the top 20% of all podcasters. So we are doing more downloads per episode at a thousand per episode than 80% of all podcasts that exist. So those are my benchmarks for downloads when I'm working with clients in my membership or on a one-on-one basis. And I like putting that out there again, because so many people are just, they feel relief and like, wow, I don't have to do a million downloads or 10 billion downloads like Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan do or whatever. And I feel like it just kind of gives some podcasters peace of mind. So I like to put those out there. Totally. And I also think that sometimes if you can niche your show really well and you've got those lower downloads, those lower download numbers can actually mean more than if you've got a very broad show where you're getting higher downloads. And I know this for myself because back in 2015, I started my first show and I didn't, I knew I loved podcasting because I'd been guests on podcasts, but I didn't really know what I wanted my show to be. So I started a show called Unlimited Influence and I talked to entrepreneurs around you know, their journey of struggle and sharing their stories. And it was really great. And I had really high downloads. And actually, my downloads for that show were higher than they are for this show. But it wasn't niched. Like, it was really cool stories. People loved it. But it wasn't as part of my business plan and part of a strategy. It didn't work. So I always like to share that story because downloads are not everything. Yeah. And I like what you just said there about the through line message with your show and your business. And when I'm helping people put, you know, either a show launch campaign together, I help a lot of people rebrand because they realize like, Oh, I got to pump my brakes. This isn't going the way I thought it would. We do a lot of, uh, you know, rebranding, you know, <laughs> boot camp sessions. And I go, okay, here's where we start. Start with the eventual sale that you want to make. All right. And who are you trying to impact with that sale, that coaching program, that online course, that membership, that service that you have, whatever. So who's that person that can be most impacted by that? Okay. What type of content will attract that type of person to your show? And we start just working step by step backwards into, okay, 
what type of podcast episode will that person be most responsive to? Like solo episodes, guest episodes, coaching style episodes, or community-based episodes. And we, so we reverse engineer it from the thing we're trying to actually sell. And a lot of podcasters won't do that. It's like, I don't want to be all salesy. And we're not being salesy. We're just, you're just curating the content and developing the show for the ideal person that we know that we can help and add value to through the thing that we could eventually, you know, potentially sell them. So that's a great place to start and build backwards from instead of going, I've got this crazy idea for a show. Let's see who's into it. And then like, you know, all these twists and turns and we end up wasting a lot of time. And I've got three shows. I've rebranded all three of them at some point. So I fall victim to this just as easy as everyone else does. And so I've got the same story. Obviously, I just shared it, which actually makes me want to mention that. And I'd love to hear your take on this. I always think that action is better than inaction. So if you haven't quite reverse engineered it or you started a show and it's not quite on point, don't beat yourself up. You can fix it. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that you still are making an impact. You still are, you know, getting some runs on the board. You're still practicing. There's a huge learning curve in podcasting. I love it, but it's been a big journey. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, like you said, it's putting in reps and we get a little bit better. We get a little more dialed in. We get some feedback. We go, oh, they really like this type of episode. Let's add a little bit of more of those herbs and spices to the recipe. And then all of a sudden you got this thing. And then sometimes this new meal is presented in front of you with this new recipe and you're like, ah, I need to rename it. I need to rebrand it. And that it's not as big of a deal as a lot of people think. Like I, you know, I use Libsyn for my hosting and mm -hmm. when I rebrand my shows, I just change the name. I change my episode title. I change the description. And then I let my audience know about three weeks in advance, like, Hey, here's what's happening. The image on your iPhone or whatever is going to be changing on this date. And here's why, and here's what we're focused on. And here's why it's exciting. And we kind of almost do like a relaunch party and like, let's go. Uh, we're, and we're just getting dialed in. If you're rebranding, it shouldn't be a totally different show. It should just be, a, like you said, a more niche down version. Like we're digging deeper into this area and really focusing on like my show, you know, the business aspect, building a business around your show or using your show to build an existing business. So rebranding can be very, very exciting. So I would not shy away from it. And I love that you bring in the community aspect, like actually include your listeners in that and create that buzz from them. Because I think that having a podcast is like creating a movement, you know, there and there, they're all part of something. And by you saying, hey, you now get to know that we're doing this secret thing in the background and you're all part of it. You say, yeah, yeah, we're a pod pal and we know what's happening. Yeah. And I call that a community engagement lead magnet. And there's some different versions that you can do. Like that's my whole, like, I don't even like to use the word funnel because it makes me sound too fancy. It's really not a funnel. It's just me building relationships is what it is. Like, you know, I can barely send an email. So it's <laughs> like the funnel. Ooh, he's getting techie. No, I just, I'm really good at making friends and I add a lot of energy. I add a lot of value and good things happen. But so my community engagement lead magnets, the whole purpose is to, to pull my audience out of the seats and onto the field and go, let's interact. You know, you're passively listening. I want to go from earbuds to eyeballs and let's talk where you can see me, I can see you and let's interact and let's add value. Let me show you what I can do. You think I'm good on the show? Wait till we get some eyeball time. And so every other week I do this thing called the pod pal zoom party, which you need to get to one of these Samantha Riley. Uh, it's a lot of fun and I'll get about 20 podcasters together. And I usually teach a little bit. And then we do a segment where everybody gets to talk. And that's very important with this technique because if all the other people don't get to talk, then I might as well just be podcasting. You know, I want everyone to be able to say something. So we do podcasts or speed dating. Everybody gets to say, it gets like 90 seconds to say what their show's about, who they're a great guest for. Uh, they are looking for guests. And then they all start networking in the chat and booking each other on shows. And I record this and I put it out as an episode of the show. So everybody that listens to my show, hears their promotion for who they're a great guest for, who they're looking for, for guests. So people are just getting booked back and forth like crazy. And it's that irresistible reason to always show up every two weeks, better be there because you're going to get great exposure for your show. You're going to get great guests. You're going to be, I had a woman that got, got booked on five interviews and this is all free. I just asked for people's email and that's it. 
So it's a great lead magnet. It's like a super fan lead, lead magnet. When people come on my list through PodPal, Zoom Party, they get a little star because I'm like, these are people that want to go next level and actually interact. This isn't like a lead magnet, like a PDF with five tips about podcasting on it. And like, it's like, let's interact. So those people get a little special love in my email list. And then from there, I'm like, hey, we've had group time. Let's take it next level. Let's have you in for a podcast audit. Let's go one-on-one. I'm going to give you some tips on podcast growth, podcast audience engagement, podcast monetization. We're going to dig in. I'm going to have a big old form for you to fill out with lots of questions so I can get all the details on your pain points. And I'm going to coach you up. And I do though a ton of those every single week. So I'm bringing them closer to kind of the center point of my world where I'm building a lot of know, like, and trust with these people. I'm adding a ton of value and I'm top of mind. And at the end of that podcast audit, I'm not going, and now here's my pitch. I'm going to sell you some high ticket offers. But you know, by that point, they know what I'm about. They know what I sell and what I don't sell through the, the whole process. But like, I know I'm top of mind. And when they're ready, I'm top of mind. I'm who they're thinking of when they, I need a coach. I need, you know, I need to join this membership for download growth club, or, you know, I need podcast launch advice or whatever. So that really works for me. And I know there are a lot of podcasters out there and just online marketers that kind of suck at the email funnel thing. And that's definitely me. And like, I've spent a lot of money trying to get other people to do it for me. I'm just like, I just want to just talk to people. I just want to make friends. I want to add value, show them what I can do. And I'm really good at following up. I keep a very good CRM spreadsheet. I know every single person that's been to one of my pod pals events, I've got a file on them. I know the last time we talked, I know what we talked about, what their pain points are. I've got everything. I've got hundreds of these things. So that the next time that we pop up, I know what we said the last time that we spoke, where you're at. So I can follow up and go, Hey, you know, I know you rebranded your show. How's that going? I know the last time we spoke, you were at a thousand downloads per episode. Where's that at now? And people are like, wow, that's like, this guy knows me. And that's what I'm all about. Yeah. And in a world where everything is social media, very, you know, surface level stuff, that is going to be what has you standing out. You're talking about top of mind. This and the community engagement, that's the community engagement is bringing you top of mind. So it's not just the podcast, it's how else are you top of mind? So you've got your PodPal Zoom party, you're having people come into your podcast audit. What are some of the other ways that you've seen or maybe used to create community engagement? Because I think that this is one of the best pieces for growing your, your podcast. Yeah, well, with community engagement... I mean, that's what I'm always looking for I, before we hit the record, but I'm like, I'm just all about engagement. I just want to talk to people. So a couple of quick things that are working really, really well for me engagement wise. One is an Instagram technique where I will set aside, you know, an hour, maybe a week, maybe less than that, uh, usually on Thursdays. And I look at my most recent new followers on Instagram and I will send them a voice message thanking them for following me. I mentioned their name. I mentioned what day it is. And I send them a podcast episode recommendation to check out. So like with me being more active in Clubhouse, I'm getting a lot more followers. I'm missing people. They're falling through the cracks, but I try to set aside time. And I'm just like, hey, Samantha, it's Adam from Podcasting Business School. I just want to let you know, I appreciate you so much for following my account here on Instagram. I'm here to interact. I'm here to connect. If you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. I thought you might enjoy this latest episode of Podcasting Business School. I talk about my five tips to grow your show in 2021. Check it out. Let me know what you think and don't hesitate to reach out. Have a great Wednesday, pod pal. Boom. And so I say your name. I say what day it is. I drop a link and people are always like, whoa. I listened to the show and you messaged me and it's really you. It's not a bot in a world of automation and bots. I get on my friends so bad when one of their bots tries to interact with me on social media. I'm like, I know you. And I know that's not you, you idiot. Like, don't do that. Don't be botting me. And like, I call them out hardcore. So I'm like, interact, interact with me. Like be a, I tr quit trying to scale human relationships, you know? <laughs> Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. There's place for automation in business and relationships in this way is not one of them. One of the other guys that's been joining us the last few weeks in our clubhouse room, Travis from Poddex, 
he did this to me. And I reached out to Melanie and went, oh my God, I just got the best message because I'd followed him. And he sent me a voice message within, it was, I think within 30 seconds, there was a voice message. Hey, Sam, Travis here from Poddex. And I've just checked out your Instagram and absolutely love what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, Sam, fan for life. you know? <laughs> yeah. Because it just stood out with the usual typed message that you know is coming from a VA. Hey, thanks for connecting and following my content. And how's business going? Because I've got this product, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I actually really don't know who you are. (laughs) And I know that's not really you behind that keyboard. Yeah, that's so disingenuous. It's disappointing is what it is. I'm just like, I've seen messages come through from like, I'll call him out. John Lee Dumas, one of my podcasting heroes. And I was like, oh, bot, stupid. Like that's like, I'm not as big of a fan. You, you lost some fan points there when totally when you bought me on an Instagram story. It's like cool content. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I know that's not a genuine comment. Uh, <laughs> But the other thing that's working really good for engagement is I've been doing some super weird Instagram reels and it's getting a ton of attention. And like the Instagram reels algorithm is crazy right now. But just, I think being willing to be a little different and act silly. I'm a big old boy. Like I'm six foot three, 240 pounds. That's like 200 and 110 kilos basically. So me getting my blue disco suit on and dancing a little bit for Instagram reels, people are like, what's this all about? Or, you know, my latest one where I had fire shooting out of my mouth and things exploding on the screen or lasers coming out of my eyes and uh-huh. doing stuff and just being, not taking myself too seriously, but having fun. Yeah. Having fun and just putting my real self out there. People are like, oh, that made me laugh. If I can make somebody laugh, if I can make somebody smile. If I can brighten their day a little bit by acting silly. Then you know, I've won them over a little bit. They're kind of tribe Adam now. So that's, I get a lot of comments on the reels. I get a lot of interaction off of those. I'm good at having, I may act silly, but I've always got a call to action. Like there's always, whatever I'm blowing up on the screen with my eyeballs, there's some sort of call to action. Like I promoted my first clubhouse room that, you know, it's like do my first clubhouse room. And then I open my mouth and I breathe fire and it just blows up everywhere. And there's always going to be that point to it. Usually like, 90% 90% of the time. And I've got really cute kids and I'll do some with them too. I got 14,000 views on a reel that I made of my daughter dumping a bucket, sneaking up and dumping a bucket of water on my son and then dancing afterwards. And that's my most viewed reel. I actually saw that. I actually saw that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. You can't beat kids. Cool. So community engagement. I love some of those ideas and love... Well, I only just got the Reels feature this week. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. I need to send you my course. I've got a free Instagram Reels for podcasters where I teach people like, I've got techniques like the clapper and the magic hat and how to make the timing is key and making the words and everything kind of appear and disappear. And I just, I recorded all my screen stuff. I'll send it to you. It helps a lot of podcasters. Totally in for that. Totally in for that. So community engagement is a big piece. I want to go back to the very first thing I talked about, which was cadence Yes. and how often we release an episode, because I think this is a really big piece of podcast growth that people don't actually think about as being important. What they think is, oh, you know, I'm busy. I'll just, you know, release an episode once a fortnight, which is actually better than I'll just release one whenever I feel like it. Like <laughs> But what about release schedules, cadence of releasing episodes? What do you think is a really great, I guess, standard for this? And what do you see as the outcome? Yeah, so we have to look at the reason or what we're trying to fight against, I guess. And that's pattern disrupt. We work so hard just as online marketers, even if you aren't a podcaster, like we work so hard to get someone's email, to get someone to hit that subscribe button to get someone to commit to us and our brand to just listen to what we have to say. We're not even asking for money. Just just hit subscribe and just listen to what I have to say for free. And we work so hard to do that. Once we do that, we have to treat that like gold. And we cannot have a pattern disrupt where if Samantha starts listening to my health podcast and she likes to listen to it when she works out on Monday mornings at a specific time, 
And all of a sudden, two weeks in a row, not there. Guess what? Some other show will fill that time. And then that's the new pattern. And now it, I have to rework to get back in that. And it's going to be twice as hard because now she's like, you weren't consistent, man. You didn't show up for me. I needed you and you weren't there, buddy. So these people that are like, I'm going to release whenever I feel like it, like, okay, something is better than nothing, but you're making it way harder on yourself. So when I help people launch shows, one of the exercises I put them through, and I did a lot of stuff wrong, most stuff wrong. When I first launched my show, I had to figure it all out. Oh man, didn't we all? (laughs) The whole first year, brutal, brutal. But the one thing, I think I only did one thing right. And it was this. I mapped out 52 weeks of content before I launched my show, just ideas of what I could talk about. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to put out one episode a week. I'm committing to a year. I will not allow myself to quit for one year. My message is worth it. The people I could potentially impact are worth it. The potential business results are worth it. So, you know, good, bad, or ugly. I'm doing 52 weeks. I'm going to do a year before I even consider quitting. And then I mapped out my content. I said, all right, I'm going to do every, I release every Monday. I was like, all right, I'm going to do half of the episodes solo and half the episodes with guests. So I need to come up with 26 topics that I can talk about and teach on solo. And then I need to find 26 people that I'd like to interview. That was my list for the first year. And I had that resource list. And I never asked somebody like, all right, let's map out week one through week 52. Like right now it's kind of a building thing and we don't have them in the correct order. It's just like, we just need 52 ideas and people that we can talk to about those ideas. And if you add in coaching session style interviews or community like pod pals, then that takes up some of that list too. Like, all right, I can, it starts to become more manageable and realistic. Like, all right, I can handle this. I can handle this. And then what you're not doing is, okay, you've launched. And then all of a sudden it's, you release on Wednesdays, it's Tuesday night. I got to find somebody to interview. We're not that person anymore because we have all of our stuff mapped out. I like to keep people two weeks ahead. When I'm working with people, I'm like, I want a two week buffer. So the episode you're sending in to have edited or you're, that you're putting together yourself this week, it's coming out in three weeks. That way that two week buffer is always there in case we get sick, in case we want to go on a vacation for God's sake, like my gosh, go on vacation pod pals. Like, enjoy that. Don't be trying to record episodes in your mother-in-law's closet while you got a bunch of nieces and nephews running around. Go on vacation, enjoy it. Use your two-week buffer and then rebuild it. And so I think having the 52 weeks mapped out ahead of time, releasing weekly content, having a two-week buffer in place just in case, in case a pandemic happens. And (laughs) (laughs) who knew? (laughs) Who knew? But I think those kind of core values as a podcaster and core strategies are going to really take you through and just not quitting for the first year. Like you have to commit to you, your message, your audience, your audience needs you and they need to hear what you have to say, regardless of, you know, how much imposter syndrome you have or any of that, like you impact one person and like it changes your world. That first email you get. Oh my God. How good is that first email? Somebody is like, Oh, Like, I was like, wow, someone besides my mom is listening. This is great. Yeah, very exciting. I mean, with my weight loss show, I had people that emailed me saying that they decided to not commit suicide because they were so depressed about their physical state. And I pulled them out of it because they borrowed my energy until they built up their own. That's what we do as podcasters. Yes, that's literally saving people's lives. Yeah. That's cool. And it's like the coolest thing in the world to realize that we've impacted somebody. I mean, we all get fired up about our topic, whatever it is, but when we're able to impact someone else in the way that we've been impacted, it's indescribable how good you feel. And even if that's just one person, how many people are there out there in the world that never help anybody but themselves, you know, or never help anybody but themselves and their immediate family, nothing wrong with that, but impacting the world, that's crazy, but it's achievable but we can't quit. We can't quit on the dream. We can't quit on our audience. We can't quit on our show. So I feel like you put in reps consistently for a year and be willing to pivot and adjust and learn and take a few lumps. And there's going to be some road bumps along the way, but just continually work to improve. At the end of that year, you're going to stand there and you're going to see impact. You're going to see growth. You're going to see business growth. If you're doing things correctly and consistently, I think that's the way to approach it. 
so that the release schedule is really important for getting subscribers, for making sure that people are opening your show first. And I know for me, because I walk every day, I always listen to the same shows. I know when they're released. And if they're not there, you're exactly right. I'm like, oh, now I've got to find another show. Where is it? It's like going through the library. Who am I going to listen to today? But once I've listened to that, it's a new habit. That's how important it is. Yeah. You immediately start looking. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not, I'll think about it. It's at that exact moment. (laughs) Yeah. You lose them and that's tough. And you mentioned the subscribe button. I love to mention this in a space where there might be like online marketers listening. You know, we're, Samantha and I are going to high five if we're getting like, you know, 30% email open rates. You know, if 70% of, of our list never sees our email, we're like, yes, great rate. Yeah. I mean, 1% click through, yeah. But if someone hits that subscribe button on a podcast player, it shows up on their phone every time. Shows up every time. And most of the time they're getting notifications. Hey, new episode podcasting business school flashes up there. Like that is hard to beat. You can have a conversation with somebody and get in their ear every week or multiple times per week. And it always shows up. It's not like, Adam, where is your podcast episode? I'm like, Oh, I sent it. Did you not get it? Uh, no, it's in the podcast spam box. That doesn't happen. You know, there's no podcast spam filter yet. Please oh, Apple, sh- never do that. <laughs> Just in case there's some sort of bot listening. What have we started? <laughs> I'm going to blame you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay, so we're specifically talking about podcast growth. You just mentioned solo episodes and guest episodes. Can you explain to us the strategy around solo and guests specifically for podcast growth? Yeah, so obviously people gravitate towards guests and we want to have guests with a decent sized audience. We hope that they share out the information and then we scoop up a little bit of that audience and we try to create good social media assets and things like that. A strategy that I've really used well with my guests is do a follow-up interview on social media. So in the past, that's typically been Instagram, Instagram Live, because that's the only social media platform where the algorithm announces to the guest audience and to your audience. So it puts out notifications. So if you and I go live on Instagram together, Samantha, if I initiate it and I bring you in, your audience gets notifications that you're live just as if you had initiated and that's powerful. So I typically would do a lot of Instagram live follow-up interviews with my podcast guests. Now that I'm a clubhouse man, I'm going to start bringing them in clubhouse because I feel like that algorithm with them pulling their audience into that is even more powerful. So I'll bring them in as a moderator in a room on a regular basis. And I think, and just think about like, so I'm doing my first room tonight here in an hour and 22 minutes. And every single person that's a moderator has been on my show guess what I'm going to shout out every time I mention, I bring them to speak. Oh, this is, you know, Fonzie from the biz bros. Check them out. Episode 171 of podcasting business school. What do you have to say, Fonzie? Like I'm going to shout out the episode that they were on on my show every single time, because that's just, you know, ingraining it in my listeners, you know, mindset, like, Oh my God, that's what they talked about. I got to go check it out. I got to go hit that subscribe button right now, because I don't want to miss that episode that they did with Fonzie and Luis from the biz bros. So that's kind of my social media method with having a guest. And that's the typical, like, hopefully they share it out. Maybe they might email it out to their list. Some people, if you give them an image, they'll put it on their website as seen on our show. In the solo episode, this is specifically for somebody. If you sell coaching, if you sell consulting, if you have a membership, if people pay you for your knowledge in any way, online courses, you need to start doing solo episodes to show that off. Like you have to show, if you speak on stages, you better be doing solo episodes because otherwise you only do guest interviews. You're the interview person. The other person is the expert, you know? And I've told some of my friends about this. They're like, mind blown. This is why my coaching sales suck because I never show off my coaching or I never show off my speaking ability. I never get booked on stages. I'm always the person interviewing and leading a conversation with the other person is the expert. So dropping solo episodes and just having topics you can hammer out and maybe they're shorter. Who cares? Like if they're 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I don't care. Show off your stuff. That's, you know, you take it next level. If you're doing coaching, I would be doing a coaching style interview, just like I do with my podcast audits, show it off, show it off. So you're top of mind because with that podcast audit, 
I've got notes. I have them fill out stuff, but it's unscripted. Like there's no format and they blast me with whatever pain points and questions they have. And I just go, I just coach and it's just real and raw and it's right there. And it shows people, it shows my audience what I can do on a weekly basis. Like here it is, here it is again, here it is again. And a lot of times like we have coaching methods and strategies. So we'll end up talking about a lot of the same stuff but that's just repetition. And if people don't want to listen to that episode, that's fine. But these are my most downloaded episodes by far because everyone in the audience goes, Hey, that person has the same questions as I have. And like you're interviewing your ideal listener avatar on a regular basis. So those, you know, when you talk different episode styles, those are kind of the main ones there. And then like, you know, the coaching taken to the community format with one to many, like I do with pod pals, those are the four that I lean on. And Maybe you do one of those, maybe week one of your monthly schedule is a solo, week two is a coaching, week three is an interview, week four is a community, or maybe you do two episodes a week and there's a little bit of a blend or, or whatever. Like, this is what I help people figure out. This is, <laughs> this is what I'm good at. I mean, all right, here's your content release schedule. Here's what makes sense. Here's how we leverage when you're doing clubhouse rooms, because creating synergy through all this effort is important also. Like, I'm going to start, I do my pod pal Zoom parties. I rotate between 12 Eastern for all my Australian friends so you can attend. And then at 8, actually 8 p.m. Eastern is the better time for the Australian crew because that's morning. That's 10 a.m. Yeah. 10 a.m. here. Yeah. Yeah, That's that. I see I'm still not good with the conversion. (laughs) Not like you, but, you know, I'll do that. And then we can get people, you know, plugged in and, and going strong. And like I said at the beginning, it just starts the conversation. We got to pull people out of the sidelines and just get the dang conversation started. And like, I'll take that and go, okay, now I'm going to do a clubhouse room right after that. So that during the pod pal session, I can go, Hey, if you're not following me on clubhouse, we're doing a podcast, but it's going to be a slightly different topic. So it makes sense. It's not the exact, you know, we don't want to be the exact same thing. They go, okay. And now we have a different flavor coming right up right now, right after, or it's a YouTube live or an open podcasting Q&A. So I'm like, I'm getting really good over the last year. This is where I've really leveled up is having that through line path of all my content, especially my live stuff going, okay, we just did this. And if you want to uh, hang out, because we're, we're going live over here on Instagram to do XYZ podcasting tips or whatever, and just building that momentum wave through all of your content instead of just randomly going ping, 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 ping. That's, I don't know, it's, I like to, be efficient with my time. Totally. And I just want to go back to something you did mention because you mentioned it so quickly that people may have missed how amazing this is, is mentioning past episodes at other times. So something I haven't shared with you, and now we've got it recorded, is on a clubhouse a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned Spotify ads and that you did, I think it's even episode something, eight one. I can't remember the number. 181. I was going to say 181. I was like, was it? 181 with with Chris Chris Kermitzos. Talking about Spotify ads. Now, see, I can still remember that. I actually wrote, while we were on clubhouse, I wrote a note to my hubby. I put it under his nose and went, you need to listen to this episode. He listened to that. He messaged me later and went, oh my goodness, that was so amazing. And he subscribed and now he listens to your show. (laughs) That's the power of it. That's the game. Because, and this is so important, podcast episodes are evergreen. This is so important. We post on Facebook and it's gone. We post on Twitter and it's gone before you can even post it just about. We put a podcast episode out and you get downloads forever. I can't believe I still got downloads in my first 10 episodes. We're at nearly 300 episodes. Yes. And I get downloads in every single episode, every single week. So be not just leaving it to chance, but mentioning it when it really matters, mentioning it in your podcast episodes, mentioning it when you're having conversations on other platforms is super important because just by you mentioning that episode, you've picked up a new subscriber. Yes. And this is another rookie mistake. And I was just talking to one of my pod pals about this. It was driving me nuts because he didn't understand. I'm like, bro, why don't you number your episodes? This is a resource and you can't search. Like you can't go on Apple podcast and search an episode title. It'll only bring up your show and then you got to find it. So if I go, Hey, episode 181, Spotify marketing tips with Chris Kremitzos, you go to my show and you scroll until you see 181. We're there in five seconds. Other like I don't I'm like are you trying to be cool or something like I don't it's like not tying your shoes or something oh, I'm cool I don't tie my shoes 
it's like, come on, like this makes sense. Number your dang episodes so that it's a resource. And I drop episode links like nobody's business back, you know, in the thick of the pandemic when everybody was doing online Zoom virtual events, I would be in the chat. And, you know, obviously I'm just adding value. I'm not like, you know, creeping on somebody else's space, but they would be talking about something. I would see somebody asking a question. I would direct message that person and go, hey, I've got an episode about this. It's episode blah, 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 blah. Here's the link. Check it out. I think it'd be a lot of value. And then when people would start doing, someone else would ask about it. And then they would take my link, that person I messaged and share it to the whole room. And I was like, I, I didn't do it. Uh. <laughs> um, but it's like doing stuff like that. We got to come anytime I'm on a virtual chat. I've got my Apple podcast pulled up so I can grab links and put them anywhere. Like whether I'm pod pals on anything, I've got it ready to go. And I'll just, that's my Rolodex of information. I know like, Ooh, I got an episode for that. Boom link. Let's blast it out. And let's, like you said, you get one new subscriber. All of a sudden they start diving back into that back catalog and they've listened to 50 episodes, a hundred episodes and you got yourself a super fan. Absolutely. So engagement, definitely right up there. Collaborations. You mentioned a really cool resource on our clubhouse recently, audrey.io, with some different ideas of collaborations. Can you just share some of those things? Because I did dive into Audrey after you spoke and I have done some, I cannot believe how many collaborations I've done on that platform. So I'd love you to share. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite ways to collab with other pod pals and it might be biased because I got the voice thing happening. <laughs> I'm not showing off or anything, but I have a sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> I was actually being interviewed. I was interviewing my friend, uh, Salome Shellac, who's also from Australia. And she calls me Mr. Butter Voice, Mr. Butter Voice. And then my friends heard her call me that on my show. And now they call me Mr. Butter Voice. And that's not as cool as Salome call me Mr. Butter Voice. <laughs> but one of my favorite ways to use my buttery voice is to do podcast promo intro swaps. So like, Samantha, we have to do this for each other. If it makes sense for you, of course. But our shows are really good examples. You want to find a show that has a tangential relationship audience-wise. So it's not the exact same thing, but people that listen to your show are probably into podcasting. People that listen to podcasting business school are into online entrepreneurship and all the stuff that you talk about. So like, that's a really good fit. And the way that it works is we do like a 10 second intro where I would actually introduce one of your episodes. I'd be at the beginning. And it's the first noise that they hear because it's a pattern disrupt. This is a good pattern disrupt. So especially it works really well with male and female. Cause all of a sudden they're like, that is not Samantha's voice. What is happening? And they will listen to my entire little thing where I introduce your show, but I also do a one-liner for my show. If you're into, you know, podcast growth, podcast monetization, check out podcasting business school. And now here's your host, my pod pal, Samantha Riley, and boom, it kicks over to you. Then you record one for my show with a pitch and an advertisement for your podcast. And it's just a little mini ad. I had a client that I challenged. I was like, do 10 of these, go find 10 people that make sense do these. And then she came, I got a text message from her once all the episodes have come out and she's freaking out. She goes, something's wrong. I'm like, Oh, I don't like getting that message from a client. Then she sent me the screenshot and her downloads had quadrupled that week. <gasps> wow. Just because she planted all those seeds. People think you have to have a full interview. And in my experience, you could do a 20 second podcast promo intro swap with the right people and that's an ad for your show. And then people will hit that subscribe button if you do it right. I've got a script that I put out there. Of course, I'll share with you. And if you want to, you know, send it out in show notes or anything like that, like it, it works really well. And it's kind of a cool little, like I said, a little pattern disrupt and a great and easy way to interact and add value to other shows. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We will hook that little script up in the show notes over at samantharaleigh.global forward slash podcast. So you can get a copy of that. I completely forgot what I was going to ask you then. It's completely gone out of my head because you've shared so much value around growing podcast growth. Why don't you share with us how we can join your PodPal Zoom party and how else we can stay connected with you as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my main hub is the website podcastingbusiness.school. It's a dot .school URL. So podcastingbusiness.school podcasting business school on Instagram. You can go, if you go through my Instagram profile, you can hit the link in the bio and I've got all of my podcast audit, my pod pals 
It's at the top of my website as well. Hang out with me on Clubhouse. I'm under podcast growth because podcasting business school is too long. There's too many did, you know, digits or whatever. So podcast growth on Clubhouse. I am starting to launch my own rooms and stuff. I'm going to uh, rope Samantha into co-moderating with me a few times, I'm sure. And I'm loving it. I love interaction. I, I crave it. Uh, now, you mentioned it. I hope to have given a lot of ideas, a lot of potential action steps. I've got a challenge for your audience. Is it? Do I have permission to, to challenge your audience? Okay. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm all for the challenges and the action. Excellent. Okay. I call this my implementation alarm challenge. And my challenge for your audience is if you've had one idea, whether it's Instagram stuff or podcast consistency stuff or podcast marketing stuff, you know, that one big idea that you're like, I really need to take action on this. What I want you to do, most people are listening on their phone, go to your alarm on your phone and set it for 24 hours from right now, 24 hours from right now. Your mission is to take some sort of action on that one idea. You don't have to complete the mission. You don't have to, you know, come do the whole thing or, or launch your show in, in 24 hours, but just knock over the first domino, create a chain reaction in the correct direction in the next 24 hours. And if you totally forget about this, your alarm's going to go off in 24 hours and you go, what in the world? And then you go, Adam. So I got you to at least remember me. So that's, that's a good thing too. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my implementation alarm challenge because as podcasters and podcast listeners, a lot of times we're good at, you know, passively consuming information and like we're sharpening the ax, but a sharp ax is no good if we never swing it. So I want you to swing the ax in the next 24 hours and just remember like you you're worth it. The message you're putting out there is worth it. The potential impact you can make is worth it. So swing the ax next 24 hours and hit me up on Instagram and let me know how it went. Adam, thank you so much for all the value you shared today. And if you've been listening all the way to here, we know you've got value from this episode. So if you're on your phone, just swipe up to the top, hit that follow button and share it with someone else that needs to hear this. Another fellow podcaster, or as Adam calls you, pod pal. Thanks so much, Adam, for sharing with us today. And it's been great hanging out with you here. Samantha, I appreciate you so much. I'm always grateful when another person shares their platform with me. Anybody listening got value out of this, hit a nice five-star rating review on wherever you're listening. Mention this episode as your favorite episode of all time, or maybe just like send, let's send Samantha some butter emojis in her, in, in her Instagram DMs. Yeah. <laughs> so she knows. Yeah, because we've got Mr. Butter voice. <laughs> She knows. All right. No, I appreciate you. Thanks everybody for listening in. Uh, Thanks so much. It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. And if you're looking to connect with other experts and changemakers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.